You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here, and I have a great guest in the studio today, Paul Coe, and he started investing right before the 2008 crash. Lots of lessons learned, some hard lessons learned as well, being part of a big company that ultimately had to go bankrupt. And then he got heavy into investing himself, building a great portfolio for himself, and now is the chief investment officer at Red T. So we have lots to talk about from the investing side and also some very interesting insight from what's happening in the development world, world around Denver, Colorado, and beyond. Paul, I'm super pumped to have you here. Yeah, super pumped to be here. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, so the last couple of years, you know, I, I've known of Red Tea. I've talked to Nathan a few times. And then the last couple of months, you and I have, have started chatting a lot more. Um, and then just hearing you talk about the deals you've done personally, and then like the pipeline Red Tea is building, uh, you have got me like really excited to like learn more. And I know our audience is as well. But let's uh, rewind the clock a little bit because I know you, uh, you've you had your ups and downs in real estate. So talk to us about where you began and where you were. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I grew up in Colorado Springs and right after uh, you know, leaving uh, CU um, after studying economics, I uh, went directly to go work for my family's development company. My aunt had a, uh, my aunt had a very large uh, real estate development company and, you know, we were, we had assets from hotels to, you know, office to residential, um, you know, just all across the board that they've been accumulating, accumulating for all of these years. So, uh, jumped right in head first. Um, you know, things were great in the world. It was, you know, 2005, 2006, everything was just rocking and rolling. The world was wonderful. And just as a young kid, I thought, you know, Hey, this is it. I, I made it. This is it. Um, you know, shortly thereafter, of course, 2008 came, 2009 came, and 2010 came, and um, eventually the the family's development company, you know, filed for uh, bankruptcy and really um, just you know gave me a good reality check into you know that there are ups and downs here and nothing's ever guaranteed. Um, from that point, you know, I promised myself if this ever happens again, and you know, where I find myself in a recession. I'm going to be prepared to be able to take advantage of this thing. So, um, yeah, I got a really heavy dose of real estate, you know, development knowledge there, and um, eventually uh, wanted to start, you know, doing it myself. So I, I purchased a uh, a fourplex. I house hacked a fourplex back in 2010 and uh, did really well with it. The first thing I realized was I was making more rent on the three units I was renting out. Um, then I was at my family's company at my job. So I said, there, there's something to this. And that's really what got me started on my career. All right. So that first house, like you said, 2010, right? Yeah. And then that's kind of when it sprung board your investing. Like what was the next step as, you know, from an investing standpoint and professional, like where'd you go to next? Yeah. You know, I actually uh, held the property for a couple of years and eventually sold it. I think I sold it for about $150,000 more than I bought it for. And at that time, you know, I thought, hey, that is fantastic. I can go do more. Um, so yeah, I put that in a 1031 and I bought three other uh, rental properties. Uh, one of them, which is a vacation rental in Grand Lake that's, you know, tripled in value uh, since then. Um, you know, uh, we, we still manage that with an Airbnb, as an Airbnb VRBO. So it's been doing great. And yeah, just riding the real estate wave over the last several years has been wonderful in Colorado. So uh, yeah, just looking to build on top of that. And then when did you uh, start working with Red Tea? 
So I joined Red Tea in September of 2014. So I've been there for nine years now. Okay. And at that point, so you joined Red Tea, you have these three rental properties at the time. Did you have, did you have other rentals as well? Or is that kind of the main? Yeah, that, that was the main. Okay, mm-hmm. the main rental portfolio. And I know as you got into Red Tea, your career's evolved, but also your you as an investor. I want to talk about the investments you have made because you have talked to me about some of the deals you've done personally on some like small development. Uh, they're exciting. And I know a lot of other people out there want to get into developing. So how'd you get into developing properties? Yeah, absolutely. You know, at Red Tea, we were doing larger deals. And when, you know, our acquisitions teams looks at, you know, deals that are single family, a duplex, or even a fourplex, a lot of our investors are saying, hey, these are too small. Uh, for us, we knew these are good deals. There's opportunities here. There's ways to make money. So uh, for me, I said, hey, you know, I, I I have the capital and the liquidity to be able to do this. I qual- I qualify as a, a experienced real estate investor. So I said, yeah, let me let me take a leap of faith and essentially hire my company to do the architecture, the development services, the entitlements, the construction, and eventually the sale. Um, and essentially, right now, I've got five units that are under construction here in Denver. Uh, two of two of the units which just went live a few weeks ago on DMLS. Yeah, so let's talk about that, uh, the duplex in Villa Park. Because yeah. they said, yeah, I think, so what, a few weeks before recording here, you put that live. So how did that deal come together? Because that, I mean, probably years in the making, right? Y- yeah, yeah. You know, it was uh, it was an owner that was just trying to get away from their broken down rental property. Um, you know, the tenants weren't great. The neighborhood wasn't great at the time. But we knew that there was a potential just being south of Sloan's Lake. Um so we eventually tore down the house. We we agreed with the with the seller initially that we would buy the property once we got to certain approvals and certain you know uh, permit uh, close to permit ready. And so that allowed me to not have to carry the holding cost for it, get it entitled. And once I took it on, it took me about uh, two months before Red Tea was able to go in and start demolition and and really get going on the construction. So when did this deal first come across you? I want to talk timeline here. When that deal first came across like Red Tea's desk. I would say probably late 2020. Okay, late 2020. And then when did you say, hey, I'll take this on? Um, Mid-2021. Okay, so mid-2021. And that's when you had, you started putting the agreement with the current owner saying, hey, we're going to uh, buy this. And then when did you buy it? And when was that part, that next step? Yeah, uh, we ended up buying that about October of 2022. Um, and so we're about, oh, so that took about a year to get, to get through. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what exactly part of the phase we're doing that those 12 months? Uh, so really, um, I was just working with our development team. You know, they really held my hand through the process saying, Hey, these are the decisions that we need to make to make sure that you're on top of it. Um, I was working with the architecture team to make sure we had designs, the, the bedroom, the, you know, how some of the things laid out. Um, so there was a lot of handholding. I, I feel like I didn't personally do much. It was just more of making decisions and providing guidance. And the team was able to, you know, uh, uh, give us, a, give me some advice on where to go with this. So um, it was really helpful to have a team that I really trusted that I work with every day. So how did you, so with that year, cause I mean, you know, you're putting time and there is, you know, capital being invested mm-hmm. in that, you know, from that mid 2021 to when you closed in October 22, did you have the property like locked up or uh, what you had some type of agreement to purchase a certain price, I assume? Yeah, yeah. We're under okay. contract um, with, you know, trigger points of uh, milestones of when earnest money would be released and, uh, you know, when the closing would actually happen. Okay, great. Thank you. So October 2022, 20, uh, you close on it, right? Um, and then what happened next? 
And then, yeah, we went right into construction. Uh, Red T was able to jump on and build an all-electric lead gold certified home um, in when the 12 months. And uh, you know, like I mentioned, now, now we're live. Wow. So that was 12 months ago. That is a great turnaround time. Um, cool. And this is something I know like uh, I've always been interested in, and I'm sure you got people you know, interested about this as well. Give us a high level about how this developed into your developer incubator program or incubation program. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what we thought was, you know, if I, as a passive investor can do this, why couldn't other investors do the same? Um, when I started talking to a lot of my uh, investor uh, friends and colleagues, they, you know, they were doing a lot of single family rentals, you know, buying one a year. And, you know, that was their uh, goal to uh, re retirement. And for me, you know, I just thought that was really slow because, you know, people are saying, I own 10 rentals, but why do I feel broke all the time? It just, you know, it's just not, doesn't feel great. So um, we thought, why couldn't we do the same program where we can help some of these um, slightly experienced investors to get into ground up development, where we can do the architecture development, the construction GC and the sales and, you know, allow the, the investors to jump in on an opportunity where they really couldn't jump in on an opportunity like this. Um, typically we would offer, you know, uh, projects that are close to permit ready and just to be able to take a lot of risk, uh, off for the, for the new investors. Great. And we're actually going to be doing a webinar on that in the near future. We're doing a series of webinars on, you know, underwriting deals, uh, how to sell land and about the incubator program. So if you want notes, reach out to me or Paul or check out the links in the show notes. But for a lot of the people that have that hankering, the passion to go out there, um, want to put that on your radar is that there's a lot of cool webinars coming up. So one of the things on that you're telling me that you've done with some of your uh, incubator participants is this deal in the Highlands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Walk the audience through high level what you guys are doing there. Yeah, absolutely. So it was an old commercial site. Um, and we took it through a rezone. Same thing. We actually started working on this back in 2020. Uh, got it through a rezone and finally purchased it in 2022. And when we looked at it, it was 25 townhome units, but I saw that it was able to be split. Uh, we were able to get six different parcels out of that. So there's three duplexes, a five, a six, and an eightplex. And essentially we said, hey, where are our investors that can invest in something like this? So we found our six investors who have uh, invested in red tea deals before who have come up and said, hey, I would love to jump in on this. You know, I don't want to, um, you know, right now, multifamily is not the right answer. Commercial is not the right answer. But I'd love to start building something and have something to sell, you know, 12 to 18 months from now. And so, you know, we were able to get those under contract really quickly and um, actually closing the first sets of properties this week. So uh, they're really excited. We've got all the uh, agreements uh, together. But the, the benefit for them is, you know, they, they, they're signing on the loan. This is their property. They're not splitting anything with us. So ultimately, they're signing the, the, the checks that go out. The, they're following budgets. And at the same time, we provide construction schedules where they can hold us accountable to uh, meeting those schedules. So really for these investors, it, it is passive, but they're also able to learn along the way of how development and construction goes from start to finish. So why did you uh, divvy up from 25, like, you know, one lot to six lots? What was the advantage there versus just, hey, one investor or you guys developing us 25 lots or 25 units? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, we like to 
diversify our capital pools because we work with family offices, we work with institutional equity. So uh, we want to provide a space where we can have our uh, friends and family investors and high net worth individuals jump in and do the same. Um, so for us, yeah, we've got a lot of opportunities. So we just want to be able to grow and help others do the same. Cool. Um, and what type of experience and capital is required for people to participate in deals like that? Sure. I mean, typically you should be an experienced investor, whether it be, you know, doing some fix and flips, uh, if you had one or two under your belt, um, part of, you know, even like if you remodeled your house and just understand some of that concept, um, We'd like to have investors who have uh, rental property in their portfolio, um, but guys who are looking to diversify and just look outside of doing something, you know, try to do something new. Okay. Um, and I want to pivot back to like the other properties that you are doing as Paul, the investor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you got the duplex in Villa Park that hit live. And then so you got a single family home in five points and a duplex in five points. Can I assume that most of your investing focus and your investing capital is going into development deals versus rentals or other investments? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I just, you know, getting the first dose of development was uh, a really uh, life-changing moment. It just felt amazing, right? I don't think I'd ever call myself a developer, uh, you know, but, and, and, you know, it, it, it just feels it feels different. Um, it, it's exciting. It's it's new. It's quick. It's not something where I'm looking for a five to seven year, um, you know, sellout and being able to recoup equity. Then uh, for us, it's these are in and out. You know, if I can get in and out of these deals between eighteen and twenty four months, it's pretty exciting for me to focus on the next project. So. Do you mind sharing like rough numbers on that, like that duplex in Villa Park? Like, hey, how much capital you invested and kind of what you expected out of it from like rough numbers or one or two X deal? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we put about a hundred thousand dollars, um, as our initial investment on the deals and my return will probably be close to, uh, you know, two, between two and three X in this market might be significantly less than our initial expectations. But, uh, the good news is we've got margin in there to be able to lower prices and still be comfortable. Okay. So maybe not quite as fat as you're expecting, but that's just, but you're still profitable, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And this kind of brings up the other thing, because, um, you know, as, as we've been talking and you have said yourself, like, hey, you learned in 2000 that you're like, hey, this, this sucks, but I learned, but I'll be ready the next time it's happening. And we're starting to see it happening again, the next like 2008 type recession. Now it's not going to happen in residential properties where, you know, pr- houses and condos are going to have a 30% decline. I don't think that'll happen around, around Denver or Colorado Springs or anything. But you've been talking about, as we've been looking at development deals and you've been showing me some of the numbers on them, you have been, I'll say, giddy might be the right word on mm-hmm. like the type of deals that you're seeing yeah. in terms of like land value and margin. And it got me excited from just like seeing how excited you were. And then we started talking numbers. Can you kind of share us the landscape that you're seeing um, as far as the opportunity, the next 2008 crash, both as like you as an investor and what you're looking at as like the CIO at Red T, because these are all different type of developments from, you know, small to big projects. Like what are the trends you're seeing and what's your crystal ball saying? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing here is that land has always been overpriced in Denver. Um, the land- Always? I, well, maybe not always, but in in the last- a decade or so, I just feel like it's been super challenging to be okay. able to buy buy land. I think the holders of land think they have million dollar property, you know, on vacant land. You know, it's in an okay location, but the seller's expectations are have just been off the charts. 
Um, so it's been really difficult for uh, developers to, um, you know, make deals happen. And you'll see this a lot in the Highlands where, you know, a lot of older homes are being built around because they weren't uh, a part of the bigger development. And now they're surrounded by all this new development. And now their property value has gone down significantly. Because they missed out on. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we do see that a lot. Um, you know, with that being said, I feel like uh, there's opportunities coming. We're seeing opportunities now because we, we hear sellers that are coming back and saying, hey, that offer six months ago that you made, I think we're ready to take that now. But for us, that price six months ago is not the price we're willing to pay today. Could you give some like just like rough numbers or percent differences help like help paint that picture or like a certain area and some rough numbers? Um, I, I wouldn't know rough numbers um, off the top of my head, uh, but I feel like you know, what we were underwriting last year, we thought was great, which was a 17 gross margin, 70% gross margin. And now and when you say that, you mean mm -hmm. that like the entire project, right? Entire From like project. when you, when you buy the land to when it's sold, you'll make 17% gross across everything. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and, and we said, um, how do we take this, uh, gross margin that 70% and, you know, knowing that big builders are in, in the mid twenties. Um, so we said, we, we need to take a look at this and see where we're missing. But as these land prices start going down, you know, the differences, the big builders out are out in like the suburban neighborhoods, you know, where they're putting in all new infrastructure for us. Most of our stuff is in infill. So there is going to be a, a difference in margin because our land costs have been so high. Uh, what we think is coming and we, we feel like it's coming is going to be in Q1 and Q2, where these prices will still continue to come down. And we're gearing up to be able to purchase and jump on these opportunities, um, knowing that the entitlement timelines are taking between two and three years to get permits. So we need to work on our stuff now to be able to deliver product in you know, 2026, 27 and 28. Uh, the good news is we've, you know, worked on over 600 units of entitlement work and projects that are under construction right now, uh, permitting and under construction. So we've got the next three years, you know, feeling really good. But how do we start working on the future of that? And I think there's a ton of opportunity coming. We see the opportunities now, but it's we know it's not the right time to buy land. So we're being really patient. We're tracking, um, you know, a lot of this uh, inventory that's building up. And we feel that, you know, like I said, when it's time to buy, that we're going to be in a really good place to do so. And so you're feeling very bullish from that standpoint, like first half of 2024? I hope so. Yeah, uh, that's what we're hoping for. But I mean, if it continues to go, I mean, we don't know where the bottom is. Um, but, you know, for sure, we're not going to be sitting around trying to catch falling knives. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> that is a hard game to win. Um, and so with that, uh, the pipeline building, um, the other thing that I have seen from, you know, other developers I know and just try to a lot of people have like really pulled back and you guys seem to be going more aggressive, right? I would say more optimistic, maybe not, you know, like you're, you're gearing up for this for a lot of people seem like, Hey, they're, they're taking a break for it. But is that, what's the sentiment like among, among developers generally? That's, that's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I, I would agree. Most uh, I've hear a lot of developers say the same, but for us, we we're still bullish on Denver. Um, there's still an inventory problem that continued that ha started, you know, back several years ago. It hasn't been addressed. And even with these high interest rates, it hasn't been addressed. We know that the rates aren't going to stay high forever. So we feel that for the next year or two, being under construction and bringing these products to market is a really good good place to you know bring inventory 
to a time where there should be more buying activity. So we're really excited for that. And I know that there's some developers who are pulling back, but um, I do know a handful that are you know bullish with us because inventory, number one. And number two, we're building green product um, in desirable communities and urban infill development, which at, at scale, which, you know, isn't, um, uh, which is very popular right now. And that's why we're excited about it, because we know that the demand is there. Yeah. Um, talk a little more about the, the red tea growth or the, the red tea growth plan here, because something that, you know, you and I have uh, shared on is, you know, from investing standpoint, hey, focusing on this next opportunity as you know, commercial prices and land prices really drop, um, you know, and kind of going all in on there as an investor. I've had the same mindset. Hey, I was in real estate in 2008, but when it happens again, I want to go all in on there. And then from a business perspective, too, like I know like Red Tea is going all in on like, hey, this is next wave. This is it. You guys are ready for it. And in terms of that, you guys are actually uh also doing an equity raise for Red Tea to fund it. Could you talk about from a high level? Because I think it's always fascinating and, you know, kind of shows that you guys are eating your own dog food. Hey, mm-hmm. we see this huge opportunity here and we are taking advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's exactly right. We're It's a unique way to raise capital as a real estate company, but we are selling a portion of our company. This is real equity um, of the company to uh, be able to raise the capital to purchase all of um, these opportunities that's going to be coming our way. Um, we've had a lot of interest from groups, um, but for us, we want to be able to work with you know investors and people that know what we're doing, who really believe in our mission to you know build a greener Colorado and to bring you know necessary homes into the into Denver. Yeah, um, and so if you guys want details on that, let us know because we were just uh, scheduling a webinar, I think, for kind of early January. We have a lot of details on that, lots of fun stuff. I've been looking at for a while. So, like I said. I always love hearing other people, other investors are shifting their portfolios. And also as a fellow entrepreneur, I love hearing what companies are doing. I kind of gearing up like, hey, big opportunities coming. Let's uh, be ready to pounce on it. And so I share that excitement. Um, all right. I want to well, jump around here. Something that just uh, caught my eye as we've been working together is you have a really cool tablet system. You're an organized person. It goes into green stuff. You're giving me a demo before we hit the podcast here. Your remarkable tablet system. And so many people, myself included, are always looking for like productivity tips or, you know, hacks for lack of a better word. Tell us about this notebook because it caught my eye. It caught Jules' eye. We're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I know other people out there are going <laughs> to be interested. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a digital notebook. Um, it's been great to use. It essentially eliminated my need for... Uh, little sticky notes or, you know, note, uh, little pieces of papers to take notes on. Um, it really helped me capture all of that. It goes, syncs up to the cloud. And then my assistant is able to uh, upload documents that I need for a meeting so I can just pull it up without having to print or bring my laptop in. Um, it, it's really light, flexible, and really easy to write on. Um, you know, it's got a digital eraser on the back, so it feels like it's 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 real. Um, but no, oh, on the stylus, it does. Style, yeah, it does. Um, but being able to create checklists, creating, being able to create uh, meeting notes, notebooks, and things that I can share. You know, if I can take a bunch of notes and being able to share with the people in the room by email right on the spot because everything uploads to the cloud, it just makes everyone's life easier. And for me, it's made my life that much simpler and more organized. Um, you know, and and you know, when I'm having um, introductions, uh, meetings with people, when I have my my notes, I can send this to my assistant who can then put it into the CRM system, uh, which we use as Salesforce. 
and you know be able to store the information there without it getting lost or on a sticky note or a voice note. I've got something electronically and that goes to uh, my team, and you know it's it's been really convenient. Cool. Um, and you use this professionally and personally. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and it's called Remarkable, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in it as well, and I know uh, it's always been interesting as we've done all these podcasts. Uh, so many of the, like the business tips and productivity tips. How many of the people like chime in on there or have anything? So check it out. I'm excited, everyone. Um, I do actually want to go back and talk to, actually, I want to go back and talk some more deals. Um, cause one of the things that I, um, have gotten into the last couple of years is, you know, more LP investing, more just limited partner investing, development deals like Red T and, to, you know, syndications, all that. Can you walk us through, you know, not through like the personal developments you're doing through the incubation program, but some of the bigger deals that mm -hmm. Red T is doing. I know you guys raise capital and a lot of people are newer to, you know, LP investing and newer to development deals. Um, can you walk us through like what those deals are like, you know, how many, you know, the project size and kind of the general turnaround time and how the investment works on there? Yeah, absolutely. So typically these projects are between 10 and 30 units and we're raising anywhere between, you know, one and a half to, you know, three, four million dollars or so. Um, you know, we bring on, uh, you know, investors that we vetted that we know, we know um, are real, you know, actual investors. Um, but yeah, we bring in uh, investors by $50,000 chunks. Uh, a lot of our investors are between one hundred and $250,000. But, you know, we've got a lot of, um, you know, new investors that we're working with that are in that $50,000 range. Um, I'm personally invested in some LP deals as well. So I'm, you know, I'm really excited about those. Uh on these deals, Red Tea through a waterfall is returning between the mid 20s and mid 30 IRRs for the investors after the waterfall. Wow. Um, our deals are really heavy. There's a pretty thick margin in our underwriting. Um, and, you know, we, we underwrite to today's construction numbers and today's sales prices. And, you know, over the course of the next, you know, 18 to 24 months while we deliver this, there's, you know, we usually catch some appreciation or if we're able to find savings on construction costs. Um, so we, we, we feel like we've, you know, we're able to perform really well on these deals, um, especially because we're taking out a lot of the entitlement risk because we say investors come in once we got the permits and from there we can move forward. I think the biggest question nowadays is, you know, how long are entitlement times? When is this thing going to get approved? And then holding costs will end up eating you up. So we've changed that model uh, a couple of years ago and, you know, we're starting to find success with it. And, you know, it, it's been really attractive to a lot of people. We're getting a lot of referrals, uh, phone calls of people's friends and family that they talk about, um, you know, LP investing. So it's it's really exciting, especially if there's a project in your neighborhood that you know that you can be involved with. Great. Yeah, I'm excited to do more deals with you guys next year, both as an LP, put some deals together with you. So if anyone wants information, reach out. Uh, we are talking pipeline. And I've had the, and I, I love kind of getting to talk shop with people because they, you know, they'll show me their full pipeline of hundreds and thousands of, you know, properties in the pipeline. Of course, a lot of them don't, you know, don't pan out, but that's part of the funnel. That's part of the pipeline. So really exciting stuff. Um, got a couple of questions for you here, Paul. Looking at everything going forward, now going to 2024 now, what's got you just most excited in general, looking forward at everything? Man, really, it's this green initiative, just being able to bring sustainable homes. I know that our target market of buyers uh, is really interested in 
um, being a part of this uh, green solution. And not for us to sell homes, but for us to be able to educate other home builders and developers to say, hey, this guys, this can be done at a reasonable build cost. You can still make a profit, but still do good because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. All right. I'm, I've been waiting to ask you this question, Paul. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to young Paul, or say 15 years ago, whenever we were driving around your Mercedes and you know, all that <laughs> stuff, what advice would you give young Paul knowing what you know now? It, invest, um, buy real estate, uh, figure out a way to get it done, house hack, uh, room hack, I mean, figure out a way to get it done because prices aren't coming down anytime soon. Real estates is always really traditionally have gone up. And so it's really, you got to start building your wealth. And, you know, if you haven't started, you got to start today. Um, to follow up on there, because I know we have a lot of, you know, younger investors, people like you and me 15, 20 years ago, where, hey, they're, they're getting started and uh, they're, they've got, you know, small capital to go out there and invest. Um, do you still think it's a good time to house hack in Denver, house hack in the Springs? Like, what are, you, what are your opinions on that? Yeah, I think if you can find the deals, there are absolutely deals out there. There's ways to negotiate either, you know, a seller. I mean, there's just so many ways to get yeah. a deal done right now. Absolutely. If you can qualify to get a, a a duplex or a fourplex to house hack, absolutely do it right now. Yeah, I, I totally agree, too, because, you know, we talk a lot of these like, hey, thanks, 2008, a lot of it's in commercial. So that is usually more for accredited investors, usually investors older, a lot of younger investors still want to get in. Um, the best time by real estate was always yesterday. The next best time is today. And, uh, for those of you out there who are not investing in like the bigger development deals or can't do it or starting out, please go out there, house that, go out there, do room by room. I totally agree with Paul's uh, sentiment that there's still, still deals out there. You just have to adapt to what the market is giving you. Paul, this has been a fantastic podcast. Um, I am looking forward to doing more podcasts with you, future webinars to dive into like the underwriting on development deals, the incubator program, and actually putting some deals together as well. And just kind of getting you into the, the conversation here for what you're seeing in the pipeline for development for land, because you see so many deals coming across your desk. I love learning from you. I know our audience will as well. So thank you so much, man. This has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. 